ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. We promise you multiple episodes in a week, and here we are with the third episode this week. Some smooth sounds for your Friday or even the weekend if you're listening, because we're going to be back on Monday, so be ready. So Ooh. in the meantime, you got three episodes from this week to catch up on. Myself, Mo Mootsy, BJ Armstrong, the legend in the house. BJ, how you doing today? Well, Mo is good, good. We were just talking about a little hip hop in the UK. So, hey. you know, I'm feeling really good right now. You got your boy turned up. So let's get it. I, I know got, you got, got something got, on got your plate. You got me turned up. We, yes. Before we dive into the NBA, I got to ask you, because you sent me the other night, you were listening to some Dizzy Rascal from Boy in the Corner, which yes. is one of, for me, one of the greatest albums of all time. Obviously, grime music is a whole different world from, from the music you're used to. What did, what did you think? Interesting, you know, being a hip hop, you know, connoisseur, I love music. Being from Detroit, Motown, shout out Detroit, mm -hmm, Motown, mm -hmm. and all the great artists and the music that came from there. But hip hop really connected with me at a time in the 80s. And it's a way for me to learn about different cities what's going on in New York City at the time when I heard hip hop, like when I heard Melly Mel them for the first time, I was like, what's in New York? And now being hip hop is a global thing. You get an opportunity to hear what's going on in different parts of the world. So you turned me on to it, Mo. I, I got to give you credit. You turned me on. Now I'm listening. And that's hip hop. You yes, get a sir. chance to tell your story and to be authentic with it, to me, is great. You know, everyone has their own particular, you know, music that they love or like, but you get an opportunity to hear someone's story and hear how they grew up and hear where they're from. And they get a chance to paint that picture using words and music and beats and the metaphors and the wordplay. Mm. To me, it's, a, it's, a, it's an art form. So. Much respect, much respect. Man, keep running up the numbers on this show. We'll have a we'll have a hip hop show. We'll have a grime rap, whatever you want to call it, music show coming out in the talking. future. But first of all, we're going to conquer the NBA world. So today we're going to be breaking down three. Um, I was reading this article from Bleach Report. It's called The Player Every Team Should Shop Ahead of the Trade Deadline. Okay. So they're basically saying one player each team should get rid of. So we're going to look okay. at three of the most interesting teams. And okay. we're just going to go through them. So the first team we're going to begin with is the Phoenix Suns, who's been BJ's favorite team to watch this season. What is it about them that you've enjoyed watching so much? Well, one, they have this aura about them right now that I love with every good team prior to them winning or winning a championship. They step onto the court and they expect to win. All of their players are expected to win. And the attention of, to detail that they are playing with, with everyone who steps on the floor, you can tell they are locked in right now. You know, one through 15, is they're locked in. They understand roles. They understand the game plan. They understand who's going to get the shots. They understand whose job to rebound. Right now, their attention to detail is incredible. They're playing at a very high level. And Chris Paul has a sense of urgency about him right now that I really love. Well, because he knows. Time is chasing him. 
yeah, he 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 he's right. He's he's in the pocket, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. He's right in the pocket right now. So Monty has this team focused on one thing. How can they get 16 wins in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I love how they're playing. I, I just love right now that they are really, you know, everyone talks about we're getting better. No, they are better. They've been better since the bubble. When you when you think about it, really, that bubble run has sparked off all of this. But you say they're 15 deep. One player that has been missing out on the rotation, he's only played eight games so far, was the draft pick um, from not too long ago, Jalen Smith. They brought him in as a kind of floor spacing big man who could shoot a three. He shot, I think, 37% in college. Uh, But he's really fallen out of the rotation. The Suns did not pick up his option, his third-year option. And he's a top-ten pick. That's That's kind of rare. But the suggestion here from Bleach Report is that they trade him for a future second round pick or alternatively package some contracts together, including Jalen Smith, and try and acquire a veteran like a Thaddeus Young or a Kelly Olynyk. Well, here's what I'm going to say about this team. If there's one weakness they have, and every team has a weakness, it's at the power forward position. They can play against one great big, but they have a problem playing against two bigs. Yep. Giannis and Brooke Lopez exposed their one problem that they have because they only had DeAndre Ayton last year. I think that's why they went out and got a JaVale McGee. Yeah, and Darius they, Harris has got a torn ACL, so they've already lost depth at yes. that powerful spot. You know, my guy, I just love saying his name, Frank the Tank, is out right now <laughs> that's my guy that's my, that's my big 10 brother you know back here in the states in college yep. and frank comiskey is out mm-hmm. so if there's one glaring weakness it's guarding a team that has two formidable bigs playing at the same time yeah other than that mo i'm not sure they have any other weakness they have depth they have ball handlers they have players who are very skilled can play on the perimeter. Devin Booker has a little post game. Jay Crowder is a very versatile defender. You know, uh, Mikhail Bridges is. He's, you know, he's, he's up there for one of the best defenders in the league right he's, now. Yes. He's sensational. He's, and he's taken on, he's taken on the next step in his growth and development by guarding the other team's best perimeter player. Now mm-hmm. night in and night out, regardless of position. Chris Paul is doing what Chris Paul does and they have, they can play over the top, you know, Deandre Ayton at the beginning of the season, there was a little, there was a little uneasiness about this team because they did not sign Deandre Ayton, but I like Deandre Ayton's approach to the game of saying, okay, they didn't sign me. We couldn't come to an agreement, but he's playing. And he, and as you like to say, he's going to secure the bag. He's going to, He's going to secure the bag, you know, and he's playing and he's playing with joy. JaVale McGee has been sensational for them Mm -hmm. coming off the bench Mm -hmm. and their bench has been playing well. So I like this team. Monty is right up there again for coach of the year and what he's been able to do. And they've taken, and, and like I was saying earlier, they've taken that very next step. They went from 
trying to be one of the best teams to now the other teams are measuring themselves against the Phoenix Suns when they come in town and they're taking other team, the other team's best shot. And I respect that. Yeah. And, and I like they're doing that. They're quietly ticking away, going about their business, yes. going about their business. Yes. I, I like what I'm seeing. So that's the Phoenix Suns, but the other team in the West that everyone's talking about is the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, we spoke about Steph Curry last week, but I want to talk about some pieces that aren't Steph Curry. The the dilemma that they have now is the Warriors are trying to run two timelines. They want to compete now, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and they want to compete in the future. James Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody. Now, do you think that's possible to compete on two timelines in the NBA? Because we've not really seen it done before. Well, Mo, when you're putting together a team and you being the future GM that you're going to be in this league, you always want to have a team where you are building for the future for success. This is called sustainability. Yeah. And you want to have a team that's capable of competing in the moment right now. If you're not doing that or trying to do that, you're not doing your job. So actually the warriors are doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. They have a group that has the capability to compete now. You, how many times do we hear we need veteran leadership? Mm-hmm. Well, you need veteran leadership because you have young players who have to learn somewhere how to become a pro. So they're veteran leaders. Steph Curry, Draymond Green are the veteran leaders of this team. But then they're bringing along the James Wiseman. You can see what they've done for the younger players that are coming through. Okay. And with that, you have an opportunity to have some level of sustainability. When you begin to look at how good your players could be, James Wiseman could be a top 10 player someday. Andrew Wiggins was drafted number one for a reason. Now he's beginning to show that he's capable of playing at a high level night in and night out. Mm-hmm. That that's the difference. Andrew Wiggins, he always would show you. He would show you a game. Maybe he goes away for three games. Yes. Now Andrew Wiggins now is beginning to have some consistency. And, with and he's his only game. 26. It feels like he's and been he's around forever. 20. And this is what I this is what I'm saying the Warriors organization oh. has done. Mo and they and they're getting excellent leadership right now. Yeah. You know, Steve Kerr has done a really nice job. Now what they have to do is determine the following. What's their window to win a championship with a player who's playing at an MVP level? And that player happens to be Steph Curry. And mm-hmm. Steph Curry is not 26. Steph Curry is right now in the here and now. Yeah. And you don't know how long he's going to continue to play at this level as a, yep. as a guard because, you know, you know, he's a smaller guard. So mm-hmm. right now, they're, they're kind of in a, a window of opportunity. They see they have a chance. This team looks and feels like they believe. Now they have to determine, do they actually have the pieces to actually come out of the West or win the whole thing? So, you know, for me, when you've got a player like Stephen Curry, you've got to kind of do everything you can possible to try and land him another championship this year. You owe him, like, like, look at everything he's done for that franchise. They've got the brand new arena. They've got the, all the extra revenue coming in, all these sponsorship deals, all these TV deals. You owe it to him to really go out and compete. Now, I'm not saying they're not in a position to compete this season, but there are still some flaws 
in their roster. They're not the perfect. No team is the perfect team. So I was discussing the other day. I was saying when Indiana made someone like Miles Turner available, a guy that can come in and play the five, block shots, contribute a little bit on the offensive end. I thought that would be a good fit for the Warriors. Now, the question is, do you want to sacrifice a little bit of the future for a higher increased chance of competing and winning a championship this year? If you can strengthen your squad to go all in this year, you might have to give up one or two of the young pieces that maybe one day might develop into something because right now you've got Steph Curry. And as great as all these young guys are, I can guarantee you, not a single one of them becomes as good as Stephen Curry. Well, you know, Mo, I'm going to put my GM hat on. If I determined that James Wiseman could not play the game at the highest level, yes, I would make that move. Okay. But James Wiseman is a very interesting player to me because he should be a top 10 player. Yeah, but, but James Wiseman. They've they've still got Mo, uh, Moses Moody, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Would you, you move but, either but, of those two? Well, here's the thing. If you're going to stunt the growth of James Wiseman by getting in a player like that, because mm. they both can't play. Remember, remember this, Mo. Steve Kerr's comfort is with Draymond Green at the five. If Miles Turner is there, he's not going to play Miles Turner over Draymond Green. Yeah, I feel you. Draymond Green is the starting five there, even though he is the starting four. When in the when 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 the rubber hits the road, Steve Kerr is going to go to what he knows, which is Draymond Green at the five. Why? Because that's their advantage. They refer to it as their death lineup. Mm -hmm. so whether they have miles turner or james wiseman or what have you draymond is going to go to the five at some point that's their advantage yeah that's their advantage you're not gonna steve kerr is not gonna come to the podium after a loss and answer this question why didn't you put draymond at the five now and say <laughs> well we got miles turner miles turner is is no, that's not happening. Okay, Mo? Yeah, so, no, I feel you. Yeah, when it's all said and done, Draymond is the five. I think James Wiseman gives you the flexibility that you're looking for. And if you could get 14 to 15 points from that position and then be able to play Draymond there, for the majority of the minutes when the playoffs 14 from 15 from whoever's playing center or just from Wiseman? Whoever. I think from Wiseman. Because he's 14, 15. Yeah, I think he can give, I think without question, he can give you three baskets a half. He can, he, he can get a couple alley-oops. He's capable of hitting a pick and pop. It's not like he's going to, he can hit a pick and pop. He can get, a curl, Steph Curry. It's not like the defense is going to be guarding him on the curl. They're going to be guarding. <laughs> Man, that's like, I would hope like, he like, can like, dive in and dunk the ball. I could hope he could dive and dunk the ball. Okay, yeah, yeah. so he gets three baskets. He gets three baskets a quarter, a, a half. He can do that, can he? I mean, is that asking too much? A couple alley oops and a dive to the basket off a of Steph Curry curl. Hey, if it's that simple though, everyone would be doing it. 
If it was that simple, it's that simple. Everybody would be It's that simple with Steph Curry. Because let me let me assure you, no one's going to be. He's not the guy they're going to be guarding. Yeah, this, this goes back to yesterday. This goes back to yesterday when you say how, how many points could you score in an NBA game? Put me with Steph Curry, and it would be a whole lot easier for me. Because ain't no one looking in my direction. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I I think okay, so. I think he's capable. So, I so think if, he is capable. If you're the GM of the Warriors, hypothetically speaking, you make no moves now before the trade deadline. You're happy with what you have got. I have to determine how good James Wiseman could be. James Wiseman was drafted, what, second? He was yeah. the number two pick, right? James Wiseman should be a top 10 player in this league. I, I really like James Wiseman. James Wiseman, I thought, was the could have been the best player in that draft. Yeah, now, I, it's just unfortunate that he's not. he played eight games yeah. in college and he's played, like, barely any games in the NBA, so... Yes, it's, it's very unfortunate. Now... Once he's back, then I can make that determination. The other determination we have to make quickly, because he's definitely in the now, is Clay Thompson. Where's Clay? Where's Clay in all of this now? You know, is it are we going to say Clay is going to be 70% of himself? Clay hasn't played in two years, and he's coming off of two significant injuries, an ACL and an Achilles. Mm. I know we have high hopes for Clay. Clay Thompson, when he's healthy, we know what he's capable of doing, but where is he? I think all of these decisions will determine what they will do by the trading deadline. So as much as they are winning, because I think right now the Warriors are ahead of schedule. I don't think they anticipated themselves to be where they're at. And they're getting so much attention on their winning and their offense. But the thing that the coaches I think are even surprised is how well they're playing defensively. And that's yeah. led by Draymond Green. Defensively, they are able to get consecutive stops. Mm-hmm. And what they have always been is when they can get stops, they can come play the game in a controlled chaos. Steph Curry plays a chaotic style of play anyway. And when he's able, or when the team is able to get stops and get Draymond and Andre Iguodala pushing the ball in transition with Steph just running around, then that's when they are, they are at their best. They're the most dangerous when they are doing that. And they're playing defensively as well as anyone in in the NBA. Well, we're going to switch the other end of the spectrum and go to a team who aren't playing as well as anyone in the NBA because they continue to stress me out and push my hair out further and further back. Mm. The Boston Celtics. So coming up to the trade deadline, we've got to talk about the Dennis Schroeder situation. Now, Dennis Schroeder, of course, everyone got their jokes off about how he fumbled the bag. He was signing an $84 million contract with the Lakers, which he turned down. And then when it came to the offseason, no one offered him anything. He ended up with a $5.9 million deal with the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics are in a position now where they've got him on a one-year deal and they are already over the salary cap. So they're over the salary cap paying a luxury tax next season. They won't be able to pay Dennis Schroeder, the contract that he's looking for. Dennis Schroeder has signed his contract because he wants to come to Boston and prove that he's still worthy of the contract he missed out on last year and using this season to show off. So if you're the Boston Celtics, you have Dennis Schroeder on your roster. Now he could come in and help a contending team that needs help at a point guard spot. You know, he's only on $5.9 million. Someone like the Denver Nuggets could really do, especially with Jamal Murray out still, 
the Denver Nuggets, for example, could really do with a veteran point guard who knows how to play the game, like Dennis Schroeder, right? So do you trade Dennis Schroeder and get maybe a draft pick, maybe some uh, another piece to add to your team in return? Or are you happy with keeping on your roster, maybe going to the first or second round this year, if you're lucky, and losing him for nothing in the summer? GM BJ Armstrong, you tell me what you would be doing if you were in Brad Stevens' issues. Well, on the outside, look at it. Because once you get in, you, you, you learn yeah. things about the team that you can't see. But yeah. from the outside, what I do is the following. I have to upgrade significantly my bigs. I have to get my bigs together. I love, I love Al Horford. And... Your your guy, the Time Lord. Hey. I love the Time Lord, but I have to be able to play in a style that I'm going to make a commitment to one or the other. I can't have both. I yeah. can't have Al Horford and the Time Lord. And I have to determine as I watch the Time Lord, I like his ability to block shots. I love what he brings when he comes off the bench because what team doesn't need a big athletic player who can play what I call vertical basketball, right? You drive to the basket, you throw it up and he dunks it and he does, you know, he makes athletic plays. He's a rim protector. I love what he brings as a backup now. But when you're talking about winning, because the expectations with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown now is this team is expected to get to at least the conference finals Mm, and you're in Boston. They're expected. They're expected now to win the whole thing. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that into account. I'm in Boston. So if I determine that the time Lord can't anchor my defense, meaning control the paint and block shots, I would look to move him and not resign Al Horford because Al Horford is not a rim protector. No, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Oh, because athletic, and, and, and I'm going to say this, because athletically, see, I think Miles Turner would be a great fit for the Boston Celtics. Funnily, they were supposed to, well, they, they were talking about a sign and trade, Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner last season, but then the Charlotte Hornets came along and offered Gordon Hayward much more money. So see, I think Miles Turner, but, but Miles Turner to me would be a better fit but the for Celtics that team. You know, the Celtics don't have anything that... The, the um, pace is one, I guess, they're and, rebuilding. So it'd be some of the younger guys that come off the bench. So you're losing some of your depth. Now, like, yeah. Would you look then to package Al Horford if you don't think he's part of a long term plan, along with Schroeder? If Schroeder is the desirable asset on that cheap deal, if I could get something that if I could get something that makes sense from the other team, it's not like people are saying, "Give me a." Uh, you know, Al Horford's got to be, what, 33, 34, somewhere uh-huh. around there now, right? He's got to be right around there. So now you're looking at a player who's aging at his position. 35. Still a very capable player. Yeah, he's 34, 35 now. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at a player who's aging at his position. Al isn't like a – he's not like a – he's a big man, but he's not like a seven-footer. No, he's like 6'10". Okay, so now you're looking to say – Basically, what you would be looking to do is for his salary to come off of your books so that you can have 
whether you in free agency or whatever it is you're trying to do cap wise financially what you're trying to do that's would be that's what would make Al Horford very attractive to another team so I think it's possible there's no players that come up to mind you know immediately but getting back to Dennis Schroeder I think Dennis Schroeder I think it's time to say this because he's paid like a starter Marcus Smart as he should be yeah but the way you can't have two max players on your team, basically, in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. and a player like Marcus Smart, because now you got to build out the rest of the team. So let's say you get a Miles Turner. He's going to demand a contract. Yep. And then all of a sudden, so I think financially what they have to figure out is the following. Marcus Smart is a starter, whether they want him to be or not. I think he's probably better coming off the bench, but he's paid like a starter. So you got to play him like a starter. Mm -hmm. I think now they are in the position of saying the following. If you really believe that those three guys can play together, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. If you really believe that, that's your team. If you don't, you got to move one of them. I think that's that's the reality of the situation because Marcus Smart is is paid like a starter. He's getting 12 this year. Yeah, well, that, that's a starting point guard. That's a starting point guard. You can't have 12 million, a guy only playing 18 minutes a night. Mm. And he's too good. He's an all-defensive player. Mm-hmm. He's an all he's an all-NBA player. Mm-hmm. So if you're going, if he's your guy. Then you gotta you gotta play him like your guy, and then you have to build out the bench because you need depth. You need talent. They got talent over there. Now you gotta get depth. Now it's about finding the right system. Now the one thing that doesn't match with that group is out of those three, none of them is what I would consider like just a a a a, a real like breakdown guy where they break the defense down and kick it. You know, they break the, though, especially those two, they break it down to score. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. But that would put more pressure on the point guard to be the breakdown guy and pass. And that's not Marcus Smart's game. So you have to determine what's best for this team. Cause Marcus Smart is a plug and play guy. You can put him with any player, any team, and he'll figure out how to do it. But you're talking about a championship caliber team. Can can he do that at the highest level at that position? And I think it's time for Boston to come to the conclusion. One of those three players got to go if they don't win it. And, <laughs> and we can dance around it because we like all three of the players. Mm-hmm. We like all three. But two of them, is make, they're making max money. And with the max money comes the expectations. Marcus Smart is an all-defensive player. So you got two max players and an all-defensive player, and you can't get out of the first round. Something's not right there. Mm-hmm. Something's not right, Mo. And we can dance around it, but we can't dance around, dance around that here. They yeah. have to determine, can those three players play the game and play starter minutes together? Those guys got to be able to play 20, at least 27 to 32 minutes a night together. Yeah. That, that's just 
That's just what it is. It's just what it is. Marcus Smart, you've heard me say this. He is perhaps the best defensive perimeter player in the league. Yeah. You have two players that are all-stars. They, they, they could be leading the charge for the next guys behind the current star players. I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason. So with that comes expectations. Well, the, now, the, what are you guys going to do? The, th- the thing is, Al Horford makes 10 million more a year than Marcus Smart. So if you're talking about the three guys that paid, it's really Al Horford's contract that's issue. And I look at, you know, the Bucks who won it last year. They had their, their lead player in Giannis. Now, I'm not saying that Tatum is on Giannis's level, but just thank roll you. with me thank here. You for cla- thank roll, you for Roll with me here, that. though. You know, that's their number one guy who's going to have the ball in his hands, you know, trying to attack the hoop, get his own shot off. And then they had their number two guy, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown. You can see some level of similarities there, scoring in the mid-range, scoring from three. And then you have your guard, very defensive-minded, not the best on offense, but a very defensive-minded guard in Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart. But the difference between the Bucks and the Soics is, A, Giannis is infinitely better than everyone else in the world right now. Well, not infinitely better than some guys, but, you, you know, Giannis is better than Tatum. Um, Middleton and Drew Holiday, Smart and Brown, whatever you can call it, however you want. But the difference for me is in the rest of the role players. When you look at the rest of that Milwaukee team, that went to the finals and won it, you got the Brooke Lopez, you got the Bobby Portis, you had the PJ Tucker, you had the damn Pat Connaughton, all making valuable contributions through a playoff run to the finals. When I look at the, the Celtics roster, whether or not you like those top three guys in Tatum, Brown, and Smart, okay, you've got Al Horford, who's essentially the Brooke Lopez of this team, but he's making way more money than Brooke Lopez did. And then who else have you got? You've got guys like Romeo Langford, Aaron... Neesmith, Wancho Hernan Gomez. Like, I just don't think the depth is there's there's not enough quality in the depth with all due respect to all of those guys. But only time will tell, BJ. Only time will tell. Well, because it would be a shame to waste well, the uh waste the careers of Tamer Brown and be in a similar situation to well, like uh, Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, where they're two very talented guys, but you just can't get it to go because they peaked conference final, conference final, and then luckily they put a team around Paul Pierce before it was too late, but. Well, Mo, I like how you danced around that. I, I like how you danced around that one. You danced around that one, hey. you know? <laughs> you danced. Smooth Mo. criminal, you, you, man. Come on. Yeah, you, you smooth with that one. But, Mo, I can't let you or the Celtics off the hook. One of those players have to go. Only and as I was listening to you, <laughs> well, as I was listening to you, because we like those players. I love we those like, players. Yeah. We, we, I mean, they drafted those players. They developed those players. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, they drafted there. Mm-hmm. And now you have to – that's the hard part. That's This is the hard part of, you know, building a team. You know, you hear me talk about roster construction all the time mm-hmm. now. There's one thing about the Celtics that bothers me from the outside looking in. What's their identity? They identify as the team that want to give me an aneurysm in the brain because of the stress that they cause me. That's the only way I can describe them. 
and this, listen, this team has talent. With this talent comes the expectations. And we keep saying the following. They are young. We're going to run out of that. It's like, oh, they have potential. It's like you keep mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. you draft players on potential. Mm -hmm. Okay. Every player that comes in the NBA knows this, whether they say it this way or not. How quickly are you going to take that potential off your name? Yeah. We can't keep saying they are young. No, they are in the NBA and they are, whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, those players have proven that they could be elite players in this league. Not yeah. very long, but they've proven that they, they could be elite yeah. players. They are elite players in this league. Now, with that comes the responsibility that those players have to deliver. I feel you. That's okay. Now, we say Giannis is head and shoulders. We, we're saying that, and we're saying it with no hesitation. Giannis isn't going anywhere. Kevin Durant, he isn't going anywhere. Joel Embiid, if he's healthy. So we can keep saying... They are young. Many times before we know leave. it, but before we know it, no, take the leap. No, what leap is he going to take? He's not leaping over Giannis. He's not leaping over Kevin Durant. He's not leaping over Joel Embiid. He's not leaping. Where what's the leap? It's like not, suddenly not he's going to be over them, but to be on the same level as them. That's not out of the realm okay. of possibility. You're talking about generational players. You're talking about two of them have already won MVP. The other guy was probably in the MVP conversation before he got hurt last year. Yeah. You're talking about MVP caliber players. Yeah. And, and let me ask you this. When they were age 23, when they were age 23, would they as good Kevin as Jason Durant, you thought? Oh, Kevin Durant, of course. Yes. Kevin Durant, of course. And when you saw Giannis, you said, oh, wow. I thought, but you heard me. You heard me say it probably before most. I was like, when I saw Giannis play, when I saw Giannis play as a young kid over there in Greece, I was so fascinated with him, not because what he was doing on the offensive end, but defensively, I was like, oh, wow. Like, like I, I've said this story over and over. He captured my imagination. He captured my imagination because offensively, scoring the basketball, especially today, is not as difficult as it was yesterday. Mm. Scoring today is not as difficult as it was yesterday. Now you're 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 young. You 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 couldn't dissect the game to that point without just watching hours and hours and with thousands of hours of tape. Mm. But I was there and I saw it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not impressed by anyone who could just score the basketball. Why? Okay. Because okay. the game the game now is predicated on scoring. Like. There's no hand checking. There's no impeding of the progress. Everyone's shooting threes. You have, you're playing the game faster. You're playing the game with more pace than you did. What I'm impressed with is who can stop somebody? We're talking about the Golden State Warriors, and we're saying they're one of, if not the best defensive team in the league. 
That's the that's the identity that I'm really saying to the Celtics. Okay, you got a couple guys who can score. Facts. Facts. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. a couple guys who can <laughs> score. That's facts. But I don't see Giannis on the defensive end. I don't see a Draymond Green on the defensive end. I don't see a DeAndre Ayton type player on the defensive end or Jay Crowder or Mikael Bridges. This so who feel, are they? I feel, I feel oh, you. they just got a they got a couple guys who can score. Okay. I feel, I feel you. I okay. Feel you. And okay, I, Mo, Mo. For the Mo. stretches okay. where they do like and your in, best, they look amazing. And your, but it's not consistent. And your best defensive player, your best defensive player is a 6'3 guard, 6'4 guard <laughs> who's coming off the bench. <laughs> uh, okay. Mo. Mo, come on now. Y'all keep y'all keep dancing. Listen, BJ. But, I'm going to keep dancing because this is the outro music. I'm going to keep dancing and I'm going to keep living in denial about my Boston Celtics. Okay, because that's otherwise fair. I'm going to go I, mad. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give fair. it to the end of this season. I'm, I, I believe that they will still improve as this season progresses. Obviously, if the season's not cancelled, etc, etc. I'm going to give it to the end of the season before we have this conversation again. If nothing changes by the time the playoffs finish, then we'll have this conversation again. But until then, I need everyone at home to subscribe, follow, leave a review, tell a friend, because we're back better than ever. I'll see you guys on Monday. BJ, once again, thank you for coming through. I appreciate you. The fans appreciate you. It's always love. And we'll be back. See you next time. See you on Monday. Get buckets.